YouTube land, what's good? It's your boy, Be Heard, aka Brian, aka Prince, aka Prince for you about the hating. This is the series I call Run Back, where Run Back, we interview and talk to some of your favorite FGC people, interview some people in gaming, whatever you want to call it. I am your host, Be Heard, aka Brian, aka Prince, aka Prince for you about the hating. I might have said that already, but we're going to let it rock. Uh, very special guest here today, someone that uh, I first met at SinCal Standoff and gave me some great advice and was dope. And the fact that he was able to play and compensate that same weekend was mind-boggling to me and super impressive to me and a commentator on the rise that he might not be a household name to some of you guys, but uh, next year, by next year when tournaments come back, definitely going to be a household name and someone you're going to know and love. Uh, Jake Ryan, you want to say something to the people? Hey everybody, Jake Ryan here. Um, happy to be on the show. Be heard. Um, it's been a long time since SenCal, and you know we've been inside for a while with the pandemic. So I'm just excited to be on the show and um, for your gracious words. So thank you for having me on, man. Oh man, pleasure's all mine. Appreciate you stopping by. Now I see your Twitter handle is base Jake Ryan, and the thing I want to ask you is, did, did you do you rock with Little B at all? Were you were you base God at all? A little bit, or what's the origin is behind that? Um, I just, I just thought it was, um, I, I always liked the word based. I was like, man, that's really cool. It's not, not pertaining to little B, uh, exactly. Uh, but growing up, I actually listened to, um, and people wouldn't believe this, but mostly like rap music. It was, uh, rap music and then Japanese music. So like, I listened to a lot of tech nine, a lot of 50 cent, um, and things like that. So those, those are like my two favorite. And then like atmosphere, those are like my my three go-tos i have my old ipod actually that has my entire mix uh from before and i was like man you know it sounds good to be based and i guess you know little b might have been popular at the time and i was like yeah you know base jake ryan jake ryan was already taken and i was like all right let's kick it up a notch um, i, I want to say you're around the same age as me correct like yeah 26 26 right. years old so yeah we're the same age so yeah, yeah. like right around high school time little b was kind of popping and taking over so i that's that's why i always thought when i always thought of name, i was like i wonder if he does rock with little b so not to put you <laughs> <laughs> on the spot but real quickly uh what are some of your favorite tech nine and 50 cent songs tech nine it's got to be uh, worldwide choppers of course uh, 50 oh man i gotta there's so much from so much from 50 cent so much from 50 cent give me a second on that one but i think tech you can nine, go the wrong beast. with oh the beast uh, wow yeah the beast the beast from uh tech nine also is one of my favorite uh caribou Lou, a very mm. good very good song uh I, I remember my favorite album in high school was Get Rich or Die Trying. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that, that was on heavy rotation. Um, and people are like, oh, that's that's what you like. And I'm like, yeah, it's not a problem. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's typically what I would listen to growing up. And like um, a lot of the inspiration, if, if you ask anybody who's seen me in an offline event, they're like, yeah, Jake Ryan, he just starts freestyling out of nowhere. Um, and that's that was like great. one of my it's like one of my favorite things. I'm like a super high energy ADHD guy. Um, so like a lot of my inspiration for how I try to like rhyme and things like that come from come from those artists. And like I was enamored by Tech Nine the entire time growing up because I'm like, man, this guy can this guy just keeps going. This is crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's a uh, 50 cent. It would be like PMP or anything off of Get Rich or Die Trying because that was that was in heavy rotation, heavy rotation during high school. 
I don't know if you're uh, like faithfully on Discord, but my homies were saying that there's this new community tab on Discord. And I guess yeah. like there's some people that just do freestyle. So you just hop in a Discord call and there's people watching and listening and then you just start spitting freestyle. So I don't know if you want to get into that, but that's definitely a thing. Um, some Tech 9 songs I could probably recommend off the top of my head. You might have heard them probably if you like listen to them, but Dysfunctional is a really good one. Dysfunctional is uh, really good. Asshole is a good one. Um, yeah. Uh, there's I'm, too many. It really is too many, especially being from, I'm from the Midwest. So like tech nine was just huge here and he always traveled and like at Kansas city is like two hours away. So if you just go to Kansas city, everybody's playing tech nine and exactly. I, there's not like a tech nine hater. You know how like you could, some rappers have this like a hater and you could tell and they're like, ah, oh, no, nah, he's terrible. He's trash. I have never heard anyone flat out <laughs> slander tech nine at all. They're like, I like a couple songs. Like you can always find somebody that likes some of the tech nines. Um, something else I was going to add to uh, you said that you like Japanese music and it's not the same but have you ever listened to like Korean R&B and stuff like that, that Korean R&B I mean not not anything like I haven't specifically looked for it but I've heard a lot of Korean music so there's 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 some really good K, uh, like Korean bands out Man, there I, uh, my, my brother was heavily into K-pop um, and like G-Dragon was his favorite and like all those people so Man, I, I I don't know. There's a lot I haven't I haven't div, uh, dove into too much Korean R and B, but I've heard good things. Because like I don't know, we're obviously big anime fans, which we will talk about later. But I, I listened to like K R and B, and I was like, oh, this this nice. But I never got into K pop. I I don't know if I want to get into it. It's kind of like one of those wormholes where you figure out you like it, and you're just you're like you're fully committed. I don't want to be a stand or nothing like that. Nothing nothing against people that stand. I don't want none of y'all to crucify me on the podcast. But I'm just I just I'm a stick on the outside looking in with that one. That's just my personal opinion. <laughs> it, it is it is a rabbit hole to get into. There's a lot, and uh, then there's more that you didn't even realize was there. So uh, respect to that. <laughs> yeah, respect to that craft. But speaking of more, uh, what we usually like to do on my podcast or like my platforms tap in and uh, this is the weirdest fucking timeline that i think anyone could have never predicted uh so i just want to know how you doing mentally and just do that check-in how like you ain't going insane from being in the house all last year or to this point um for me i've been working through most of the pandemic so i've had my healthy fixing of human interaction but it had even then it still has been hard um especially not being able to uh go to my traditional locals that i would run every single week uh, i would run wednesday night fights every single week and even if i was there till 2 a.m 3 a.m didn't matter like that was such an important part of my routine in my life and when it was gone it was for the first couple of weeks it was like oh it's okay it's fine you know like we missed a couple of tournaments and then a month passed and it just it was really hard it was really hard not being able to see and compete with my friends that i had been seeing every week and growing with and like growing the community and um like even though it was a lot to handle i it it was it was difficult um when online WNF came back, it was it was great because it was a lot more people were able to enter than um, it was a situation where like I got to see familiar faces join the Twitch chat and things. But it wasn't the same um, if I could if I could describe it in any way. It was still it was like missing that factor of like being like shoulder to shoulder camaraderie, like sitting next to somebody and playing with them and having that experience. Um, 
overall overall like i've been fine um but it has been hard I, I won't lie it has it has been hard and i imagine that's the case with everybody where you have to find this happy medium and this new normal and now that a lot of people are vaccinated things are getting a little bit more um outgoing but we're still not 100 percent there yet right and unfortunately i don't know if we ever will be because you know there's, there's people that's anti-vax and they're anti-mask and i was just like i got vaccinated but that's that's also to because like i i love like the three most important people in my world are my grandma and my parents so like whatever i could do to prolong their life i'm willing to do that i like i i don't I don't really have an opinion either way, but I was like, all right, if I could do this and it protects me. And also I got the second COVID shot, uh, Friday. Yeah. Dog, I was sick. I thought I was built different. No, I'm built charm and soft. Like I <laughs> got super <laughs> single, <laughs> single ply, bro. It, it got me good. Cause like, and, we, and what made it so bad is like, I get off at six 30, you know what I'm saying? Central standard time. And like, I got off at four 30. So I'm like, cool. We got the whole day. I got two extra hours. I'm going to be so productive. I think I ate laid down, man. And it just, just like I, I didn't even get a body ache. Like I was just hot. Like my whole body was hot. Like if you know me, I'm usually like in a hoodie and like sweats. That's where I feel most comfortable. Like I'm always bundled up, even in like the summer, on uh, some crazy shit. But like I, I had to take everything off. I, I was sweating, had a fever, and then I just remember like uh, <laughs> I had the ibuprofen because uh, no, I had the Tylenol because you're supposed to take Tylenol if you like feel sick or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I had a bottle of water, and I'm talking like as soon as I stood up and just had it in my hand to take the pills i was like oh no i gotta throw up i was like this is bad but you know to say all that is like yeah i i didn't want to go through that but i would do that to save like my friends and family to make sure they're safe and stuff like that and i think what hit me the most about the pandemic and just staying inside and stuff like that is like i'm an introvert like i, I love being inside I, i'm like i love i'm a people person but i don't rock with people i'm just like one of those guys but it, it's just the fact that it is the ability of it not being able to be there, like the ability to go to my friends and go to a restaurant and eat. And like the fact that that was taken away, that's what was weighing on me more so than not being able to do it every weekend. It was more so that I just couldn't do it. And like not having that option really like took a toll on a lot of people's mental and definitely me. And then I shit, if I was in your case where we had a local, especially, you know, if you think about the two biggest locals, everybody and their mama would say NBC and was in that fights. So the fact that that's not an option and then online is there, but it's not the same thing. Like, I know I told myself that I would always love to go to at least one NLBC and one Wednesday Night Fights and, you know, online probably made it possible for me to answer one, but it's still not the same thing, like you said. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 rough. And um, I think things are only getting better, especially in California with vaccination rates and people just got to do it. Um, I got it. I, I got the Johnson Johnson. It was just one shot and it knocked me on my ass for like two days and then I was good. Now I'm fine. Now I don't have to worry, um, which is great. Um, I still wear my mask pretty much everywhere, but um, like we'll get there. And uh, that those are the steps we're going to need to take in order to get back to whatever normal looks like. So I definitely think I will wear a mask at a tournament and stuff like that, just because like, oh, yeah, I, I only got maybe one or two colds during that time span of like last month. I didn't get sick the entire time. It was sick. I was like, wow, these masks work. <laughs> and that's crazy. It'd be funny when somebody's like anti-mask and they sell you that. And I'm like, bro, I, I didn't even get a cold. Like, I, I got sick maybe once or twice. And that might have been allergies. I might have even been a cold. Like, that's how good these masks were. And I was like, I, I can't see a world where I don't wear one. But exactly. The, the, the payoff is uh, pretty good. It's 
the the, the amount of the amount of uh, positive benefits it like it's it's so ridiculous it's like how how do you complain about this it's it's not that big of a deal yeah hopefully we get to some normalcy but yeah. only, only only time will tell didn't california just open up actually like yeah 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 it's week? uh it's been kind of weird i've seen more faces in the last week and a half of working than i have in two years and um it's wild it's wild after seeing everybody wear masks for so long and seeing their like their actually whole face um it's it's an experience that i didn't think would be weird you know you never you never think about that you never think oh yeah just looking at somebody's face and like with what we've been going through for the last year and a half almost two years now um having a majority of your customers or anybody coming in you just see their face and you're like whoa this is uh this is strange and like i'm still wearing a mask because like uh, we're required to um but it's like wow these these like it, it's this element of the human interaction that is so important that like you forget <laughs> i honestly like some people i should be honest with you it's on the podcast but some people look better with the mask i'm like you might want to <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> i will either confirm or deny that um <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's just. <laughs> I'll let you keep keep that opinion going. I was just like, yeah, because I saw. I'm like, oh, you might want to put that back on, because like, you know, your face looks sleeker. Not, not saying that nobody isn't pretty or nothing like that, but I was just saying, I'm like, oh, that's what your face look like. I did not guess that. Uh, wow. <laughs> wow. Speaking of Wednesday night fights, man. Uh, you just said that you ran Dragon Ball Fighters. So not only let me get this straight, you ran Wednesday Night Fights, possibly commentated Wednesday Night Fights, and then I'm sure once upon a time you probably answered it as well because I know you are a competitor and you do play the game competitively. First of all, how do you have time? How do you have the mental fortitude to do all this? Like I would have anxiety just commentating the tournament. I couldn't imagine running it. Um, so yeah, for Dragon Ball Fighters, every week I, for the longest time until I got um, a TO helper, um, I was the TO for Dragon Ball Fighters. So I would run the bracket, run the tournament, make sure all the matches were called, uh, while also being a competitor in Dragon Ball Fighters. Uh, there were some certain weeks where I'd enter other games when they would come out. Um, I entered Smash for a couple of weeks, uh, Street Fighter V as well. Uh, so I'd be playing in one to two games on average every week. And um, then I would also commentate. I would commentate on main stage, uh, which is on Level Up live stream, or I would, kept, uh, I would commentate at the time on Kevin Ha's stream um in between my matches for playing and players knew that they would come up to me i would call their matches get it set up for stations so on and so forth so yes um during that time uh with offline i was the to i was a player was a commentator and i commentated multiple games as well so uh during my time i think i commentated street fighter 5 dragon ball fighters grand blue fantasy versus um Unist, so like four games I was commentating at the time while handling all that. And uh, in regards to the how to have the mental like fortitude to do that, it just I like I said I have an ADHD brain, so handling all these different stimulus at the same time that's like where I excel. Um, so I would be like mid match, and somebody would come up and they'd give me their report, their score, and I'd be like, "All right, cool, awesome," and I'm like doing a combo <laughs> as, as as somebody's reporting the match, and the guy next to me is like, "What the fuck? This guy's taking results," and he's like he's whooping my ass like what's going on and i it was just normal and then i'd like hit another combo or a super animation and i'd be like this setup x play z or like whatever and they'd be like damn and the guy next to me i'd be like shit i'd shake his hand and be like ggs um 
and that would be like early on in the bracket. Obviously, if it would get later in the bracket and say I'm playing like Super Noon or Cuba or like Breaker Dave or Reynolds or Subatomic Sabres or any of the top players that would typically go to WNF, like I'd have to give a little bit more focus. But we were all friends and they understood. Um, it took a lot of balancing and a lot of coordination. Once I got like helpers to help me TO the bracket, like I would get pointers and they would handle most of it, which let me commentate and play. Um, but for the longest time, yeah, I did all three. <laughs> That's impressive. And I actually, I mean, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but that's why I was kind of curious because obviously I knew you from Dragon Ball Fighters, but I was wondering, like, what was your main game before that? And I guess you kind of um, already answered that. Yeah, no. So before Dragon Ball Fighters, the first game I actually played in FGC was uh, Ultra Street Fighter 4. Um, Ooh, are you a niner? Uh, no, I'm not no niner. I started okay. in I started in 2011. Um, I started in 2011 while I was still um, in high school. And then, like, I picked up the game casually. And then when Ultra dropped, I played in college. Uh, and I met my friend, uh, Ryan, who actually got me into the FGC. He was a Cody player. And it's the funniest thing. My two training partners played the most obscure characters. It was a Cody and then a Blanca. That was it. Those were the only two matchups that I ever got to practice, which was, like, incredibly obscure. And then they, they got to play against Evil Ryu, because I'm like, I'm going to pick a top tier. Sako's pretty, Sako's pretty nasty. I got I to gotta pick... I got to pick um, Evil Ryu. So I played that game for a while, went to WNF, uh, went O2 for weeks. Uh, and this was when it was at Super Arcade. And then it switched um, to the esports arena. So like that's where I first got my exposure. I knew Kevin Ha from high school um, and he played Marvel. I tried to get into Marvel. The game's hella hard. Um, and I was like, damn, there's a lot of there's a lot of time I need to put into this. And I didn't I didn't I wanted to play Street Fighter. I liked it more than Marvel. Um, Marvel's pretty sick though and yeah I, I played Evil Ryu for the longest time I went to two Evos um, during the lifespan of the game the first Evo I went to I went 0-2 and then I hung out at the bar it was uh, <laughs> very nice and then my second Evo I went um, I actually almost made it out of pools and I was super stoked and I was like wow the FGC is a really nice place it's a lot of like fun things to play these matchups are sick like the interactions the community is great um and then when Dragon Ball, like I stopped playing for a while. Um, when Street Fighter Five came out, I didn't really like it. Mm. And then drag when Dragon Ball was announced, I was there at Anime Expo and they had the demo uh, for that game. I fell in love and I'm like, man, I gotta, I gotta like commentate this game. I gotta be like a top player or I gotta commentate this game. That was my mission. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about my history because as soon as Kevin, as soon as I heard Kevin Ha was running the stream for Dragon Ball, that was it. I told him, I'm like, Kevin, I need to commentate this game. And um, while I was in college, I actually would commentate over Kevin playing Marvel and him verbatim, verbatim when I would commentate him playing Marvel. He would say, Jake Ryan, shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's how bad it was. That is how bad it was because I was just having a good time. You know, I didn't have nothing refined. I didn't know anything about Marvel. And it, it taught me a really valuable lesson because uh, just because I wanted to commentate didn't mean that I was going to get a spot on the mic. I needed to actually have substance, understand the game and be applicable while being exciting because cracking jokes the entire time isn't going to get you anywhere. If you don't know anything about the game, you're not going to be good. So I went from Kevin Haw, like he's a great friend of mine. He hated my commentary to now I was one of his designated commentators for the longest time. He put me on any game with the trust. It's like, yeah, Jake knows what he's doing. He's great. Um, but yeah, that's a little bit more about my roots and those situations. Street Fighter to Dragon Ball. And you not not to mention like 
I, I remember I was like super green and uh, Joe Monday gave me the opportunity to commentate Street Fighter 5 and you don't realize how much you freaking like freeze when you're kind of commentating for the first time like you know what's going on like I had an idea like I could see what was happening but like trying to explain it in a way of a commentator and like it's the weirdest profession because it's like you have to explain it to the diehard friends and know exactly pinpoint what's going on. Then you have to explain it to the new person like, yo, what the fuck is this on my screen? And it can be entertaining at the same time. Like, I I would just freeze or I'd say the most obvious thing to happen. All that, he got knocked down. But yeah, no shit, Sherlock, but like, why? <laughs> it's like, oh, why he got knocked important? down because yeah. he did something super unsafe. It was punishable. He got the combo set up okie and like... <laughs> Like, that was the hardest part about commentary. I was like, wow, like even explaining the simplest of things and doing it in a timely fashion to where we're not on round three and you're explaining something that happened in round one was the hardest thing in the world to me. Um, Is there one that you like? Is there one that you like a little bit more? Like, say, hypothetically speaking, say we're like early May, right? And this is like a non-existent pandemic, but combo breakers coming up and you got, say, a commentary slot and then you, you know, you're entering a tournament. You're also playing when you're at Wednesday night fights and you have that local and like how important that is. I know you do everything, but is there one you're trying to work on more? Like, all right, let me make sure my commentary is sharp and my A game sharp for when I have this commentary slot. Or um, I already, I already made the commitment uh, for the amount of time you have to put in to keep at that top level of play. Because I do have a full time job, I do have a fiance, I have everything going on, and I have like a family life as well. Um, I made the commitment to the amount of practice it would need to maintain being at the highest level of play. It's, it's a really hard time commitment. It's almost a full-time job, especially to compete with the likes of players like Sonic Fox, Goichi, Reynolds, um, Super Noon, like Subatomic Sabres. These guys are playing all the time. They like are multi-game like powerhouses. Uh, I would say like Cuba and Subatomic Sabres are still getting to that multi-game facet, but like Super Noon doing well in Strive, Goichi is an anime game god melty blood legend Reynolds kof evo champion like i could go on mm-hmm. um but the amount of time you have to put in to stay at that level of play is really hard the same thing applies to commentary but a lot of it goes down to like analysis watching um and really understanding the game and and playing as well you don't have to be a top level player to be a top level commentator and it is a lot of work as well um but like as I get older and I feel like I have a better time growing as a commentator than I do as a player. Uh, if that makes sense, like the practice, the practice is a lot uh, more linear. Oh, no, uh, wholeheartedly. Yeah. That, that makes yeah, all the, the sense in the, the world. The, yeah, the practice is a lot more linear. So for the most part, I have been focusing mostly on commentary. So if it was coming to that big event, I am going to primarily focus on commentary. Yes, I'm going to look at my matchups, see what my bracket looks like and everything. But if I have a top eight commitment or something, um, that's going to be my number one concern because I need to show up and, and do do the work that's expected of me because people want to be entertained whether I'm playing or whether I'm commentating, that's my goal, making sure they're entertained, informed, and um, that the matches are enhanced because that's what commentators are meant to do. They're meant to enhance the games. And then, like, to your point of uh, just, you know, what it takes to be, it's like, yes, people realize that it's a full-time job to, like, be a competitive upper level top tier player which you're probably putting in, like, eight hours a day just to, to play the game and things of that nature, but I think 
the beauty of your perspective is you, you've seen it. Like, you've seen a rental. You've seen the Subatomic Sabres. You've seen the Cooper. Like, you've seen all these guys grinding these matchups and playing and how they play in person. It's one thing to, to see it in a tournament and you don't really see the grind or you see them streaming and it's like, oh, yeah, they're practicing. But to, to see it in person and to go against it as much as you do when you had a Wednesday night fights, I think wholeheartedly I understand that, like, your perspective of, like, oh, yeah, I, I would need to drop everything to, to do this. Like, yeah, I mean, and, and even and that's the thing you need the people to play with and you need the high level competition of people that are going to drive you. And in commentary, it can be a lot more self-driven. You still have to use your resources, appears around you, learn from those that are experts in the business. Say like your ranges, your say jams, your vicious, um, your James Chan, your ultra shit, your like ultra David, all these guys that are just like they are expert of the crap. Your yipes, you know, everything tasty, Steve. Um, you learn and absorb everything you can from them. And you can do that like digitally. Uh, and also by like talking to them or messaging them, reaching out um, and getting games with these high level players, you might not always be afforded the opportunity. Like say, I don't have my local that's WNF that is flooded with these high level players across multiple different games. How am I going to get this high level experience? It's a lot less accessible. Um, and I was fortunate enough. I can tell you that I've had multiple like 12 hour sessions with all of these guys offline in these situations. Would I be the player I am today without having all those sessions? Hell no. Um, so commentary becomes a lot more accessible to grow because uh, the resources are more readily available and they require they don't require having someone else that is at that high echelon of play or someone that's at a similar level of play to get you to that point. You can go on your own growth and your own development. Um, without having to you know you can get run over when you're playing against someone who's too good and you not learn anything uh you got to find the right training partners so i mean that's also true for commentary but i feel it's easier to do with commentary than it is as play and then uh, the beauty too is it's like i so my logo is okay uh we don't really have one we have one every like once a month or so uh saturdays but that was also pre-pandemic so i don't know what the schedule is now um but I know, like, when I was training to go to the Sinkhouse standoff, I was uh, still commentating every week on uh, Street Fighter. I think I reached out to Sammy Fish. I probably blew up Sammy Fish's phone. I'm not going to lie. I probably, every, like, minute I had a question about something. I think I reached out to Romanova. I think I even reached out to Logan Sama. And I think even when I met you and I talked to you a little bit, I think I even asked you a couple things. And yeah. I think it was funny, too, is I think you had a match like you commentated you had your pool but then you had a match and got to go run your match and they was like all right you're just gonna jump up here and like it's one thing to be like all right i know i jump in i jump in at two when i my blocks at two so i could like ease up and like get ready for that but then when I'm like, all right you're going in because jake's gonna go play somebody huh <laughs> like that was kind of nerve-wracking too and yeah uh just kind of how you said that like having that reach and things of that nature you've got some uh amazing opportunities during this pandemic and just something to do with just drag ball fighters in the national championship but i want to tell a quick story is so this past week i was you know looking around thinking of like who to get on the podcast and i know i talked to you before i reached out before i was like oh yeah we'll get jake on the podcast and i think i had some dragon ball fighters on my uh youtube on my tv uh, playing through youtube because i'm always trying to watch some sort of game or something like that and then uh damascus had a first to seven 
And then, like, you know how if you're watching YouTube, it's kind of like Netflix. They're like, are you still there? You want to continue? So I hit continue. And then it pauses and then it looks at the two commentator screen. And guess who I see? I see Jake Ryan on my screen. I'm like, man, I knew this man was working, but <laughs> I didn't know he did the first of seven series with Damascus as well. Uh, yeah, you just been killing it this pandemic. I've been doing it all yeah so not only have i done um i I actually i met damascus when i went for uh japan saga in um during before the pandemic it was actually right over thanksgiving weekend uh two years ago and i went to japan went to japan saga got to meet damascus and tyrant and all those guys yuna majin obama went to fighting tuesday had a fantastic time got to play with the japanese players um i had so much fun playing with them i took two years of japanese so being able to communicate with them while we were playing was really cool um spent a lot of time with them got to see them commentate ask them questions absorb as much information as possible and really develop this relationship and then and um, while we had uh, wanted, uh, he had me on for a couple of commentary matches. And I, I remember I commentated two wanted sets, and it was one of the hypest wanted sets that had happened. I believe it was Kaiden, uh, Kaiden or Kane. It was Kaiden versus Wawa. It went to game seven, last hit, and I think Kaiden had the win. And like, he dropped the comp. No, Wawa had the win. He dropped the combo for Kaioken, and then Kaiden won, and we both lost our minds. Um, and that was amazing. And, um, after that, I got the opportunity to do the national uh, the national championships, which was um, which was huge to me, a giant opportunity um, that I'm incredibly thankful for. And I do the pandemic like I before that I had, I had commentated combo breaker um, top top 16, which I think was some of my favorite work. I got to commentate with Ringe, who is a big mentor of mine. Um, but while I did the uh, national championship, I commentated with Romanova. I commentated with Yipes. I commentated with Acoustics and I commentated with Posey. Um, and then we had the battle hour afterwards where I got to commentate with uh, Ringe and Romanova again and like really flex my hosting um, skills. And I felt that that stage really let me shine i got to show like my analytical side uh of the players and what i under like um what i knew about the game really breaking it down in really quick pockets of information and how i was able to work with many different commentators and still like be adaptable and pliable because that's something that's super important as a commentator um and i'm really proud of my work that i did uh during the national competition it was it was such a great opportunity such a great ride it's funny i was originally only signed up i think to do like two two spots and i think i ended up doing five of the weeks uh, um so wow, if that tells you if impressive. that tells you how i if that tells you how i did um it was it was pretty good i was uh very happy with what i was able to produce i was very happy to commentate with everybody that was on the show um if you guys want to watch really good dragon ball or like that's just funny and fun watch the sets the week of acoustics and i commentated i think that was some of my most fun like dragon ball experiences ever because we had we just clicked it's like you know when two commentators just mesh together incredibly well and you just click it was it was so good it was so good that's how i felt in the battle hour with like myself and romanova and ringe as well we all were like we had gotten our rhythm and it felt really good same thing with yipes um i think in the second week that we commentated together so like we all found our rivet um our rhythm together and um it's like you can see that as like once you get to that level of commentary being able to adapt 
to who you're commentating with and really enrich what the other person is good at like works super well so it was a really um i'm thankful for the experience and really getting the opportunity and hope that there's more to come like whether it be dragon ball or guilty gear i feel like the beauty of a dynamic a duo with as far as commentary goes and like where i want to listen to the commentary is if they could kind of combine both worlds like if you got like the serious like i'm gonna transition us from this point to that point to this point to that point then you got more of the play-by-play who's funny and kind of goofy and could kind of go on tangents if they can kind of merge their worlds together like you get the play-by-play a little bit goofy and then you get the the goofy guy a little bit more analytic and they just kind of bounce off each other like that that's that perfect combination of like i enjoy uh hearing this because i have in the past watched tournaments where i'm like i don't really care for the commentary like it's kind of white noise and i just kind of watch it for the gameplay and then i watch tournaments where i'm like these commentators are literally killing it and then they're enhancing this and then just to give you some more praise brad yeah yeah you hosted it It, it's one thing to do the commentary for a tournament especially it's the biggest magnitude it could be the dragon ball fighters national championship but you being the host is like all right you're steering the ship like we go where you go like you got to make sure everybody else is in line and does the commentary right so that when i saw that i was like man this man is killing it that was that was super impressive i i I was like a proud parent (laughs) that shit was dope yeah it was um it was nerve-wracking to say the least to be the host um but i knew exactly what i had to do i did the prep work i made sure that i understood the exact schedule for the day and it's just how you um compose and drive and really set up everybody for success and make sure that everybody is on the same page because it it played out uh, splendidly is how i would describe it so um i was i was happy i was really happy what was that east coast week like because i think it was acoustics and posey and, and like you and like they just could not stay on track they were just being goofy and funny it was fun it was great content from a viewer's perspective but i don't know that was probably a hard week to <laughs> like manage no, no, no. i had a, i had a great time because like it's um a job of the host as well is really to highlight the strengths of the commentators and like that east coast week it was great because they got to really show exactly they were the experts on the players um they're from their region they're from their local they get to see them play all the time and i I pretty much was enabling them and letting them be set up to you know say what they needed to say have that fun because that is what the east coast enjoys and a lot of dragon ball fans enjoy as well that's why the hoc is so popular like shout outs to them they put on one hell of a show if you guys haven't already please go ahead and follow bum six and i know you got them primes hit that prime um on on bum six's channel because bum puts together one hell of an event every single week multiple setups he has ps4 pc the whole nine yards now he's doing guilty gear and like it's fantastic to see like that the talent from there is showing up and they get yeah like they get a little rambunctious they're called the city of mayhem of course they are they're gonna get it's gonna be some chaos which is um, which is great and like yeah they, they're just you know it's like they give you that vibe of growing up i never had brothers i just had cousins in there yeah, like, 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 yes exactly so like whenever my cousins were playing the game you know you're talking shit you don't know how to play but you you want to beat them because obviously that's your competition and that that gives you that uh environment vibe and they they're on stream and they're high and I remember like shit, Bum had one stream where I think it was Nitro versus Sonic in the first to ten and that was hype and that shit got like over two thousand views and that was a crazy set. Mm-hmm. And that like that that's the type of, I, I like that's why I love the fighting game community because it's like you get kind of worlds where you see tournaments and then you get uh, like exhibitions and you get stuff like that like there's something for everybody which I love wholeheartedly now I want to talk about the West Coast uh, National Championship and Jonathan Tene like I, I remember being at Sin Cal and they're like yeah this dude's 16 and he was like 
top eight like a killer, a savage. I was like, bro, this dude's nice at the game. And the fact that he won the Dragon Ball Fighters National Championship uh, the West Coast and uh, beat some stiff competition like that. I know you had to be proud too. Like you seen this man grind all the way from the beginning. It's still a young prodigy. Like is he even college yet? I don't even know. Yeah, no, no. He's he's gonna be going into college pretty soon. He's actually a NorCal resident, going to NorCal WNF for the most part. Um, one of the only players to actually beat Apology Man at NorCal WNF over time. Um, wow. But yeah, the way that the Nationals broke down is pretty funny because Reynolds Reynolds had the biggest lead that I've ever seen, um, and then he threw it away. He he literally he had the game in his hands. Three character lead wanted to put Mr. Tene to sleep. Wanted to wanted to hit him with the Roshi command grab when he could have just gone for pressure, had an assist up, could have like ended it, made it simple, locked him down. But no, he wanted to troll. He wanted to be a dick, and uh, it blew up. It blew up for him. Jonathan was able to bring it back from the depths of the feet, defeat, and he got the net play belt. Jonathan is um, he's he's great. He is so like risk aversion based playing. Like he just will defend. And um, if it takes him making like if it takes him taking a risk, um, he's not going to do it. He's just going to be more confident in his defense and then um, dissuade you that way, because sometimes the, a great defense is a really good offense. And that's why players, when they play against Goichi, they get like they get overwhelmed is because they can't open him up. And Jonathan during the Nationals was at that point. You couldn't open him up. Um, and only like traditional 50 50s would get him open, but his way to like work around them, guard canceling at the right time and avoiding those situations or removing the 50 50 factor of like the kid boo or something, um, made it, made it so he was able to shine and he climbed through. Um, it's funny because he had to play Cloud 805 and Cloud is the only people that Cloud lost to during the Nationals was Jonathan. So like sucks to suck, but yeah. that's, that's really how it be sometimes. Um, and then Reynolds wasn't able to close it out at the end. Uh, Reynolds' biggest enemy was himself, and Jonathan, you know, he really capitalized on that. So, yeah, I'm hella proud to see um, Jonathan grow. I'm watching him play Guilty Year. He is a lab monster. He just labs everything, labs out all these different situations, is incredibly technical player. He's like a robot. Oh, I mean, you can um, tell about his gameplay, yeah, too. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a robot. Um, but, yeah, he's he's got bright future. Like, I can if he keeps with it, he's going to... Um, be a heavy hitter in whatever game he decides to play and i just hope it's not like you never know anyone's situation and then somehow it's kind of hard for some people to get sponsored so i just hope that he's oh, he is, he's currently uh he is currently sponsored by dead zero the same okay. uh, the same team the same team that kuba has so okay, once good, good, offline yeah. events come he's don't worry he's all set up ready to go he good. is represented and well he got scooped up so yeah. it's good it's good you love to see it that's what i just hate with some players is like man this guy's a killer if he could go to some tournaments he could really do some damage yeah then... uh, sponsor super noon all right like, oh. come on bro come on Give, give my man a top tier sponsor c9 i'm looking at you come on guys it's it's so bogus that he doesn't have one already like yeah. it's kind of insane i just I, I wish that some of those big upper echelon league league of legends teams would just tap in just just even if you had to sign one or two players like just sign somebody and you would see what it would do to that gc it would go nuts um, yeah. And Reynolds is one of my favorite players, man. Reynolds looks like he's always having fun. Even if it's self-sabotage, he looks like he's always having some goddamn fun. No, <laughs> I, 100%. And I, I just love to see it. And then Cloud. Cloud doing as well as he did. I felt like there was a lot of people that didn't think. I thought Cloud would do well. Did I think top three? I I can't really say, but and there's a lot of people that are just like, oh no, he's just a content creator. He doesn't play Dragon Ball like that anymore. And like, what? like it's still Cloud eight hundred five. Like he 
he's a Marvel legend. Like he can still people, do the damn thing. People tend to forget that he was the MVCI champ. He was an incredibly like strong powerhouse in Marvel versus Capcom. Like getting ninth consistently in tournaments. I know it's a meme, but the fact that he would get there consistently, that's um that's not something to scoff at. Like Cloud is Cloud is good. Cloud Cloud is a very good player. Um very technical as well. Um Likes likes to jump out of pressure sometimes though. Sorry, Cloud. I'm sorry, Johnny. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. I had to, I had to do it to you. But um, yeah, like people really slept on him. But he's more than just a content creator, and you know he has the best OS in the business. He's like, if he wins, dang, you guys lost to a con- uh, a content creator. And if he loses, he's like, well, I'm just a content creator, so this it's is fine. The biggest uh, safety net you could have. The, the biggest OS. Either way, he wins. So. Uh, yeah, I, I, I wasn't surprised by the results too much. Um, I, I expected Reynolds to win the whole thing. But, you know, when you expect Reynolds to win, you can also have the expectation that he's going to throw it, uh, throw <laughs> the game away. Um, it's a it's a 50 50. He flipped the coin. What's going to happen? Uh, that, and that's what happened. Jonathan was able to, to clutch it out because uh, I remember while he was playing, he was just like, oh, man, I'm going to lose. Like, <laughs> like that, that's how you know. and then he just started winning. And he's like, this is great. Um, <laughs> That's yeah, hilarious. it was it was fun. It was fun. Nationals were great. Um, speaking of, well, actually, I am looking forward to this game, especially being on the national level, especially with it being possible with rollback netcode. But that is Guilty Gear Strive. We already talked about it, and you want to explain yourself to these people and how you're a degenerate soul player and just just <laughs> just living the best life that you possibly could. All I know is that I press far slash and I have a great time and it's your it's your job to get out of the pressure. I'm playing a fair and balanced character. Um, I don't make the rules. Um, if you play Ram, you're the scum of the earth. I play soul bad guy. I am Frederick. I'm just a humble scientist. I don't know what your problem is. Just trying um, to fix the world. That's all. I'm just trying to fix the world, man. OK, I am the guilt. I am the guilty gear. That's all I know. And. <laughs> I'm sorry. So that guy is really good. He's really very good character. Um, Built in busted. Uh, I can't even say it with a straight face that like, yeah, no, that character stupid. I love it. Um, very fun game. Uh, game is very broken. No, I'll tell you that the balance needs to be fixed a little bit. Everybody needs to be brought up to souls level. Um, I would say, and it's going to be a ton of fun, but things are still shaking out. You can't make a definitive tier list unless you're talking about music. Um, there's a lot of like really cool themes uh, from from the new game, but I feel the fact that you're seeing so much interest in all these tournaments across the U.S. and even like we have a 10 v 10 exhibition between America and Japan on Saturday, and it's Apology Man is hosting it. That's like Juna said it best in his YouTube video. It was uh, he said it's the Guilty Gear Japanese Boomers versus the American Zoomers. Um, and it's going to be great. Like you're seeing so many people from different games enter and play and like new and old generations. And like, you can play people in Japan. I actually played a game with Damascus and it didn't lag, which was sick. Um, it's huge. Like all games should have this net code. All games should have this net code. It's so successful because of that. And like, adds so much interest. It's the second most played uh, fighting game on steam since dragon ball. Like that says it enough. Like the fact that think, think about it. Prime Evo, uh, where Sonic Fox and Goichi went back to back. Imagine, imagine if we could get a first to ten online with rollback and or not even first to ten. They could go for a hundred if they really fucking wanted to, because they could match up and have a good connection. If Dragon Ball had that, like Strive is 
Stripe's gonna make everybody better because there's not a single person you one has online practice, which it's like in itself is just like whoa. Then you could play anyone in the world, and then if they have a great connection, you have a great connection. It's just like whoa, and it's a fun ass game. Like every character kind of feels like a scumbag, and every character feels fun at the same time. Like there's not really a character that's like everybody's kind of like looking at it like ah that character's boring or that character's not that fun, and. Unless you're Faust. Faust is uh Faust is fun, but uh struggling. Yeah, struggling, I, struggling doctor. I guess there's some people time. there's some people that say Faust or Angie are like the top. Oh Angie Angie is also Angie. um Angie's not playing guilty here right now. That's the problem. <laughs> Angie and Faust are not playing Strive, um, which is which is rough. In which I'm playing Giovanna. But that's baby girl. So like, oh, Geo's good. Geo's good. So she's Geo's, super solid. Geo's just playing. She's just playing Street Fighter Five, man. That's it. She's no. She's playing Street Fighter and Guilty Gear. It's great. Kind of because the only way I could feel like I could get some dope ass combos. I, I mean, I've seen some Twitter tech, but some Twitter tech, you know, some of y'all just like lab monsters, like literally, like y'all just born in a lab. Like there's some shit that's probably not realistic for everybody to do. I'm gonna try, and I hope I can get it one day. But uh, unless you're in the air or I hit you with a too heavy slash, like it's kind of hard for me to get some unique combos with that character but i'm still having fun I, i'm trying to learn as many matchups as possible and get better with that character but yeah geo's geo's fun now you kind of touched on it a little bit you were talking about new themes that you like which uh which ones are you rocking with um axel's theme has been growing on me slowly out of the box is uh it's a banger <laughs> um disaster of passion is a bop uh milia's theme is really good and I like Melia's a lot. Melia's theme, theme is good. Um, and then I also like Kai's theme. Kai's theme is good. But I, my, my favorite Guilty Gear song has to be Heavy Day, so I always play that when I'm going because it just, oh, it's so good. When you end a round with, with a move and then it, it's like, what a heavy day. That feels so good. Um, I, just, I just love it. Um, so I like some of the old Guilty Gear music, uh, but those are what I would say are my new favorites off of, uh, off of the new uh, Guilty Gear Strive. I like the Temkins theme a lot. That's pretty <laughs> solid. Um, and then I, I, this might be controversial to some, but I do like May's theme. I feel like May's theme was definitely on Twitter. Oh, like, it's a bop. It's a bop. It's just a Paramore song. It's just a Paramore song, bro. That's it. <laughs> Usually either for it or against it. I'm definitely for it. Uh, yeah. I'm in there. <laughs> bro, like when I was because. I was kind of late to the scene. I was more of an NRS Killer Instinct kind of guy, so I got late to Capcom and like Tekken and and now Guilty Gear. When I figured out the music of Guilty Gear, I was like, "Oh shit!" Like you know, I'm from NRS. You know, we don't have character themes. Like these are all fire. Like even with Dragon Ball, I had fire themes. So I'm just like, "Yo, like this is what y'all been doing? I man, I've been missing out." Like so, I'm catching up. Uh, Big Blast Sonic. Oh, Big Bass Sonic is so good. That's a fire one. Uh, I don't have the music on me. There's one. I think it was the intro to XR. Like, if you had it idle on the PlayStation, that was the song that played. I think it's Break a Spell. Okay. That song's fire, too. That Like, Guilty Gear got some good-ass music. I got good music. It's good. It's good. What do you think of the RC system? I guess. I, I like it. I think, I think it's great. Um... Kizzy K, huge Guilty Gear, um, on, like extraordinaire. Uh, he made a YouTube video about the new uh, Roman cancel system, and I think it's great. I think um, there's a lot of creativity you can do, especially with dash RCing. Oh my god, it's um, it's pretty cool. You get to do 
so much with all the different type of roman cancels and people are still finding out stuff i saw this like really cursed roman cancel purple roman cancel from uh chip where he just like zooms across the screen like look at looking like strider and he just zips and i'm like what is going on um it just allows for a lot of creativity and i feel i feel it's good it's great i love the new roman cancel system this is also my first guilty year so seeing things like shape up and like playing it it just feels good as a player same i i think there's not a world where unless you know what i'm saying i'm like really out of the fgc or out of gaming period i don't think there's a world where i don't play a new guilty gear that comes out like i will willing to try any guilty gear that comes out after this point because this hello you hear me yeah 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 you cut out for a second uh, yeah, yeah yeah my mic got disconnected i apologize uh podcast yeah, i was like i was <laughs> like oh no I, want, <laughs> I think it was tweak fgc uh he tweeted out something about a soul clip and i think he blew rc but soul was in the corner like his back against the wall got the combo somehow got the carry to mid-screen then got out the corner and like switched sides and just pushing the character to the corner i was like man there's so much creative shit you could do it was actually insane like it didn't even look realistic how he was just doing that uh the creativity is there and i think that's why i like uh I, I like a game and I, I might be on the fence on this like i do like street fighter 4 i i i see why the the theme and why people want a harder game because they don't want it to appear to casuals but i kind of like being on the firm believer like easy to get in hard to master and i feel like dragon ball is kind of like that i don't know if strive will be that uh only time will tell but if it's like beginner friendly, I kind of like some of the concepts and like trying to get in the game because now I'm starting to once I get past the point of like, oh, all right, I know how to play the game and now how to play neutral. Now I'm thinking of creative ideas and like I'm, I'm like the brain's turning and the wheels turning for I feel like at least with me and like average players. But yeah. And, and, and the thing that's really cool about Guilty Gear is like at the entry level, it's like, oh, wow, like this this move is like really broken, like Tozugeki. I'm going to just keep getting Tozugeki. There is an answer, but you got to figure out the answer. And each each character is going to have a different answer to punish. Um, and some of them are like executionally, like challenging, reaction heavy, so on and so forth. So as you said, yeah, easy to pick up, hard to master. And I feel like as things shake up and we learn the punishes and the reactions and everything for these characters, uh, that's when tier lists are going to really start to develop and have a lot more substance. Um, but yeah, there is a lot of nuance to this game and a lot of um, high level decisions that you have to make in order to um, like be successful. Um, while like there's also a lot of fun to have on like the floor system, like say you're on floor five and you're playing against other people who are like a floor five skill level, you're going to have a hell of a time. Um, and like same thing as you grow, it's like a constant challenge because players are just like all at different levels. And they um, some like sometimes you'll get blown up by something in the process of fighting games where you figure out, OK, well, how do I beat that thing that just crushed me? It, it feels good. Yeah. And then it's yeah, it's like one of those games that just feel good, like having fun. And except for like one homie that beats me, he, he stays talking shit like I don't, I don't like losing to him. So I'm really upset about that. I'm going to learn that uh, Leo matchup that nigga ain't slick. But <laughs> like what I do love is like uh, usually some fighting games. I don't know. I've never been a character loyalist. I wish I was like I wish I had that like characters in certain games where I'm like, oh, this is my favorite character. I want to play this character always. But uh, like 
I, I'm sticking to Geo and Kai, and like that's kind of who I've only played in the beta, and like I really want to learn those characters before I even look at another character. I'm kind of like, interested in Amelia. I should play Soul Bad Guy. I don't know what I'm doing not playing Soul Bad Guy, especially right now. But uh, you know, I like I have that itch and like like genuine curiosity to learn Giovanna, and like that's because the last game where I've had that itch to like I want to lab and test things out and figure out this game was Dragon Ball Fighters that was the last yeah. time I had an itch because like every time a new character would come out you would see a TOD in Dragon Ball Fighters like the, like figuring out that stuff and learning that day uh, when the character release and the tech and all that stuff with the hashtags like that's the greatest time like to me at least yeah it. yeah it, feel, it feels really good and a lot of that is happening with Guilty Gear as well like people are being creative and the tech is being developed incredibly fast especially because the net code that's available everybody gets to try stuff out you have online training mode so you can play and test things with your friends um and other high level players so the development is going to be a lot faster and you still have that joy that really shows up uh to your character loyalty um i would say statement i think after i feel comfortable and soul bad guy um i'm probably going to be learning chip because chip is really good um and uh i live by the words of sanford kelly pick a top tier if you want to have a good time even though we don't know exactly what the tiers are but i think chip is so good and this isn't just based on japanese tier list like watching chip play and seeing what he does and the tools that he have yes he has low health yes he explodes but you got to get on him he has a dp too so it's like okay cool i can bust out i can be wild i can rc afterwards and uh, chip just puts you into the blender he just puts you in the blender um i feel like he's a really good character so that's who i'm gonna be trying to learn next um and yeah i would say to anybody picking up a fighting game um there's no need to be a character specialist or loyalist loyalist that character's not going to be sad if you pick a different character i promise you they are literally pixels um play who you like play who you want like no one's gonna no one is gonna end your life or like hurt you or look it down upon you because you're playing multiple characters. They might be like, wow, you're a soul player. I hate you. But like, guess what? <laughs> they can play soul too. They can also play soul. They can also play Ram. They can play all these characters. So never hinder yourself. Be like, I'm a character specialist. Like that's, that's what I am. That's what the end all be all is like, no, play who you want. If you want to play one character, play one character. If you want to play the cast, play the cast. Um, the fighting game, you paid for it. You get to play it any way you want. <laughs> No, that's facts. I, because I definitely like. I think I try to challenge myself because, like, one of my friends said, like, "Oh yeah, one of your issues is because it's like you're a good player, but then obviously you like you jump from character to character. So it's like certain things where you like this character can punish that, but that character can't punish that. It's like you mess yourself up because like you're never in the right situation with said character. So it's like, right, yeah, it's just probably some truth to that. And then I played MK Evan a lot because I, I enjoy the game. Uh, it's shy, but. I was like, all right, I'm going to do a random spin, and uh, I got Scorpion, so I got a good character. I got a solid character, but man, after just only playing Scorpion for a while, I'm like, man, fuck, this is kind of, this is not it. <laughs> like, I kind of want to do some other stuff and play a different character. It was the craziest, like, epiphany that I ever had, and like, yeah. Um, we kind of touched on it a little bit, and as someone that, like, has all this access to to these upper echelon uh, commentators, and you're up you're getting there on your rise as well as far as commentary goes what is some uh, commentary advice you could give to someone i would say just uh be willing to take feedback uh the biggest thing that mm. i did when i was learning is i would go into discords of people who i knew were watching the streams for wnf i i would uh, connect with the commentators in my community and i would ask them uh what i needed to work on and like a lot of the feedback i got it was harsh um it was it was hard it was a lot of adjustment it was a lot of like 
um controlling tone um you don't have to make everything exciting um was a big was a big piece of advice i got because um not everything in a fighting game has to be the hypest of the hype because if everything's hype nothing's hype right right um so it's like really controlling the levels to keep your highs high and uh your lows not too low um like keep it keep it in a nice middle where you like kind of build up building up the story for the matches and the players people like storylines people uh like things that are quick and understandable like having a like classic match of like being able to tell the lore behind a player like alex by and understanding his history in the scene um and really heavily helping viewers digest that in a compact fashion while like they you get into the match and the importance and repercussions behind their decisions that's huge um while also keeping it like informative for high level players keep it short keep it sweet keep it um keep it pertinent to what you're talking about that that would be a couple of the biggest things that have helped me and then also keep up to date you don't have to um be a tech monster and understand every little intricate thing because breaking down all the frames like oh he was plus two in this situation because of this like you don't have to break it down that specifically like you can um but just keep it enough where the information is easy to hear um and that while also being exciting and quick and bouncing off your co-commentator and then just be willing to adapt uh because you're gonna if you're a commentator and you're up and coming you're gonna be working with lots of different people who are also learning and they're in a situation where they don't know what their strengths are so just be willing to uh be malleable uh be willing to listen and see what the other person needs something a great practice that i had with uh, my co-commentator kuba for the longest time uh, jake squared we'd call it every time before we started commentary uh we would ask all right who's driving like who's in charge who's gonna who's gonna be doing the hands off who's gonna be like um pretty much like the composer of the night um and by doing that and having it set and having set expectations um your transitions become a lot smoother. You're able to really control the pace of the show. You're able to understand uh, who's like really focusing on what, and you don't really have a specific role of like play by play or color caster. Um, but you know, like who's, who, who's driving the car, who's navigating, right? Um, like, you know, you have your navigator, your co-pilot. Um, that's how I like to look at it. Um, and those are a couple of the things that really helped me elevate my craft and uh, get to where I am today. Yeah, and just to piggyback off what you said, uh, pretty much just, uh, I mean, I'm not near uh, Jake's level at all, but I would say uh, just just have that conversation with your, uh, your like, commentary partner because it's a partnership. It's like you said, who's driving? You're in the same vehicle. It's not like it's a competition. Like, you want to be able to set someone up and just have a normal conversation because before I noticed that, like, I was not really, I guess for lack of a better phrase, but, like, try to impress somebody with my words and like my knowledge of the game and stuff like that where i kind of just would say shit and didn't really help my commentator at all where he could say something to set me up beautifully but i'm like oh yeah this is minus two and he'd be like, all right well that had nothing to do with what i just said but sure yeah that's minus two and he did this and did that and like yeah just have that conversation and be smooth it's like a flowing machine like you want to it's like with the podcast you want to have a conversation with someone and you want to make sure that like you highlight their strengths and weaknesses and it, it just flows because worst case scenario even if you feel like you didn't perform to your best level if the commentary sounds good we could go home that day we could we could regroup and we can start another day but if like you sound good but then you never set up your partner and your partner sounds awkward or there's that dead air or they're like stuttering or you can't help them in some sort of situation then now they're saying stuff like well now I gotta say frame data or something like that and then that there's there's people that like say frame data and i'm like no that's not 
true at all. Like that moves plus as fuck. What are you talking about? And it's just this is a like a yin and yang thing. Like you gotta make it flow. And may I highlight the people and make them look good. Luckily, everybody that I've worked with, uh, Sammy Fish made me look really good. Joe Monday made me look really good. I feel like if anyone made myself look bad, it was me. So that's just something I had to work on as a commentator. I still have to work on to this day. Um, now you might not say it, but I'm the co- the the host of the podcast. So I can say it. You're definitely on the rise, man. I feel like. Your if Dragon Ball Fighters National Championship had a tour and like there's tournaments going on, you would definitely be a household name. And is there anything that you're doing? Like, is there opportunities that's coming up that could get you to that next level? So, like, where you're a household name? Um, I'm I'm just trying to put. I have my commentary reel made. I put my comment. Uh, I've sent it to the multiple tournaments that are coming up. I sent my commentary reel into CEO. Hopefully, when comment uh, when Combo Breaker opens up their applications, I'll be doing that. Um, and the worst thing that can happen is they tell me no. The best thing is that I get the position. Um, so to any aspiring commentator out there, I'd say just put your application out, put the work in, and like really put together a reel that exemplifies like what you have. Um, I'm flattered that you would say that you believe I'm like up and coming and rising. Like I do appreciate that and um another piece of advice i always try to tell commentators is just be humble um because there's a lot of people in the scene that have been doing this for a long time and like um just because i did this big event it doesn't like nothing is owed to me and you should never expect anything to ever be owed to you in life um you just got to keep working and the target moves but you know you got to fire again and try to hit that target so that's where i'm at and I mean, just like, you know, you never want to go through the pandemic, but the fact that you can see a Saint Acoustics, uh, you like see you guys get these opportunities and then knock them out the fucking park. It's just like, hey, maybe we should give this guy that's been grinding on Wednesday Night Fights the opportunity to do some commentary. Like, what's the worst that could happen? And then just making being available. I think that's another thing, too, because like, yeah. Because a lot of some commentators, even I, like I said, I haven't. The most thing I did was Sinkhouse standoff, but even I had like a, a idealistically mindset of uh, just. Just like ah oh, no, I won't apply to a small tournament. I'll go to this big tournament. I'm like no, go to a small tournament and get an opportunity. Knock that opportunity out the world and just just accept what you can. Like obviously, don't go out of your way if it's inconvenient, but just do what you can. Like if you love commentating, go commentate as much as you can. Yeah, and um, I would say like you, you it, the payoff is really great. Like once you start getting to that point where you are feeling comfortable and you're getting into your your stride. Um, commentating feels fantastic uh but you it's it's a constant grind you got to keep working you got to keep learning and every day like the show must go on and you've got to deliver um yeah. so just be ready for that that's the funnest thing in the world too once you get a hang of it especially yeah if you like get the right duo together or your right group um 100 man do you it might be controversial it might be a hot take i don't know do you feel like dragon ball would probably be the f- biggest game in the world if it had guilty gear strives that code if it had oh, if it had rollback oh my god yeah it would like there needs to be an update because the game has gotten a little bit stagnant as um there hasn't been any content released in the last couple of months but yes i feel like the size that guilty gear tournaments are having right now would be they would be the same for dragon ball if not bigger for how for how popular the game is and the ip that it has if it had that netcode i would be net playing all day i would be playing dragon ball all day if it played like it did offline ps4 it would oh man i i really i really think it would it would have such a resurgence 
it would have such a resurgence in players and like playing if they were able to implement it even if they come out with like a dragon ball fighters 2 with rollback net code i'm sorry like i it's over i'm i'm done honestly I don't have a for life anymore I, I, honestly bro just instead of a season four character let's give me a rollback net code like make that the character just don't give me it. any more character yeah give me give me a rollback give me a couple balance adjustments and i'm i'm stuck there I'm you cool. go maybe some colors I mean, i'll pay i'll pay i'll pay six dollars i'll pay sixty dollars give for that rollback give it to me yeah like, I, honestly i bought guilty gear twice that's how much i like the net code okay like if, if you're if you're hearing me right now bandai please give it give me the rollback so then what's your team now and what do you think of the current state of dragon ball fighters um right now i don't like my team is base ba- uh, base vegeta kibu and an android 21 the thing that's hard is that playing certain teams online is not really uh great because netcode doesn't favor um certain characters like you have very specific combo timings and if you want the character to really shine you need to be optimal even if they're like great you can do the simple combos but then you're not too touching and it feels bad because you want to be in a two touch situation uh for the game uh so online there's better there's teams that are better online there's teams that uh get away with uh bad habits uh better online and like um online overall in the state of the game makes you a worse player um which is really sad and frustrating uh sure we have things like the parsec cloud uh which is it's like a lateral move uh there's a lot of dropped inputs that happen but at least your connection is stable so it's you get a it's like a mixed bag you trade one thing for another even though it's also just as bad um so right now like the game offline is great it's great um like I've been able to play sets with Reynolds offline again and a couple of my friends who are vaccinated offline and it feel the game is awesome. Um, there's a lot of different team choices that you can do. Um, and there's there's some really messed up teams that uh, you can play there. There is a there is a, like a specific way that is the game like is trying to force you to play, which can be frustrating. But like, I really like the game a lot right now um, in an offline setting online. It's it's hard after playing Guilty Gear online and feeling that netcode going back to Dragon Ball. It's hard. It's Man, really hard. I, I haven't done it yet, but I'm not looking forward to it, to be honest with you. I like uh, I really like playing Trunks and I really like playing 21 right now. Um, but going back to that net code is not really antagonizing me. It doesn't really make me have that itch. I want to play trunks again, but I, I going back to that net code does not seem fun at all. Um, especially like honestly, I, I love the state that Dragon Ball's in. I really don't like C assist, but uh, that's more of me keeping an eye on it. Uh, like when playing neutral, because it's like I'll see the character, but then I'll like forget that the assist like does the pop up near you and yeah, gets a full combo and all that stuff. I don't really like C assist. Uh, I kind of want to see Goku Black and Videl get some love, just a little bit of love, boost them no. up a little bit. <laughs> Videl, give her, give her a reflect, and she'll be fine. That's it. Okay, fair enough. I, I, I'll take that. I'll take what I could get. Uh, outside of that, I love where the game's at. They nerf you, are Goku, so I, I got no complaints out of that. He's uh, still good. <laughs> he's still good. He's still UI, but he ain't as UI. He, you could turn your brain off and play that character. Boy, that that character was broke, but. Yeah, I, I love where the game's at, and honestly, like we kind of touched on a little bit earlier, I give me rollback and so maybe some skins and some adjustments, and then I'm cool. I don't really need more characters. I I feel like it's a perfect. I don't even know. To be honest with you, I don't even know if I need a Dragon Ball Fighters too. If you could make like a like a One Piece Fighters or or the rumor that oh yeah, or a rumor that was happening around E3 where my heroes fighters would work perfectly, I'm I'm cool with that. Like. 
let's go get some of these big animes that that everybody else loves to see in the fighting game versus you know what I'm saying a Dragon Ball Fighters too. But uh, hopefully they do something. Hopefully, I, I feel like they I know. Hope something's yeah, some, yeah, something something should be in the works. I'll take I'll take either. I'll take a Dragon Ball Fighters too. If you give me a One Piece fighter, I'll take that. If you give me uh. Yeah, if you, I'll take, I'll take whatever. Because <laughs> it's like I, I know y'all like money. Like y'all could do it. Y'all could just go ask Drive. Just talk to them. We'll wait a year. Like <laughs> fighters can stay longer. Um, but speaking of anime, and I guess this is more of a manga segment, but. I've seen you've been an advocate for this manga and I I want to watch the anime because I think the anime is coming out this year, if I'm not mistaken, by MAPPA. But uh, convince me and in, in, in the podcast listeners about Chainsaw Man. Is it, is it the hype worth it? Is it, is it as good as it cracked up to be? So Chainsaw Man is one of the best binge reads that I think I've ever read really? um, for for a, a manga. It's uh, it's made by Tatsuki Fujimoto and uh, Fujimoto made Fire Punch before, which is um, one hell of a ride. Uh, Chainsaw Man is uh, it's an experience is how I describe it. I did not expect this shonen manga to uh, make me feel the way it did. Um, oh, wow. It it it. it um, it's a ride it it, it uh, there's so many twists in this and and like six scenes and like the art's really cool it's like really really simple but very like impactful art um and the main character like he's <laughs> the, the struggles he go through you're like dang this guy cannot catch a break um it's great like i love it so much um there's i don't want to spoil anything but you just read chainsaw man you can read it in one day you could really? read it in one day. I highly suggest you you binge it. Like you just finish it in one sitting. Um, you can get it on Shonen Jumps, like Manga Plus. Like you just pay five dollars, you get the whole. You can read the whole thing, and it's yeah. right there. Um, very good. It's gonna get Mappa's gonna animate it. They did Jujutsu Kaisen. Mm-hmm. Um, they also, I believe, were doing um, Attack on Titan. Um, so you know what the animation is gonna look like. It's gonna be great. Um, it's good it's really good uh it's like i guess like my biggest thing is like uh i guess the my main question is like does he always look like that or like can he transform no 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 no, no. so 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 anytime here's the thing anytime his main character's name is denji anytime he uses the chainsaws he starts bleeding so like so like it hurts him when the chainsaws come out kind of like wolverine um Hmm. but he also like so he like starts bleeding out and he can't use the chainsaws anymore so it's it's really funny so he's like trying to figure out how to fight and he's like oh god what's happening um and, and um no it's it, it's good his motivations are pretty simple too like this doesn't spoil too much but like his first motivation as a character is he's like i just want to touch boobs like that's it like any teenager i can get behind that any teenager has had that much like wow you know i can really sympathize with this guy i've been in a situation like you know boobs are cool i want to touch boobs um and like maybe you don't like movies like maybe you want to touch something else it's fine whatever um but then like he achieves his goal right the hero's journey he he gets to touch boobs and after he feels empty and he's like <laughs> wow what is that that was it he's like what is life 
maybe I want like a human connection. And you're like, oh my God, he's learning. Like, I know we've all been through that exact thing. It's like, you get to a point where you're like, yeah, you know, those are nice, but like actually connecting with people is huge. And like having somebody that loves you is great. So he gets a different goal um, and like progresses. And you're just like, dang, Denji, um, what's going on? Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoil anything else, but read Chainsaw Man. It is a great binge read. You'll, you'll finish it quickly. Um, you're going to like you're going to attach yourself to these characters really fast. Like the story does a very well, a very good way of attaching you to the characters, um, which makes whatever happened in the story even more impactful. So, yeah, give it a read. It's good. It's short. Um, it's going to get a manga. It's going to get an anime adaption by MAPPA. So it's going to be really good. I think the preview is coming out in a couple days for that. So if you're not convinced now, you can. Uh, and again, the art's really cool. Story's short. Uh, it's simple. Um, and I like there was a lot of twist where I'm like, holy shit, I did not see that coming. Um, it's not highly finished, is it? No, well, the, the first, it's in parts. So the first okay. part, the first part is finished. Like that's how it, that's how it's broken up. It's like Chainsaw Man will continue. The first part is completely finished. Um, so imagine like I don't know, maybe like a Naruto Shippuden situation, but there will be a continuation okay. uh, of the story in another way. But like you get, that's why I say it's such a good binge read because the part it's like concluded, so you can read the whole thing and you're like, wow, I'm at a really good stopping point. Chainsaw Man is great. Um, so that's where it's at. Okay, I, I I definitely check it out. I I don't know because like lately I got uh like maybe just a few months back, but I got a Barnes and Noble like gold card or whatever. So then like I went to my local Barnes and Noble and I picked up some mangas and like I seen the Chainsaw Man like I think manga cover like that shit looked dope. And I was like, man, I don't know, I kind of want to get that and, like hold my hand because it hit different when you have a book in your hand. Like I've read scans because obviously well like we're both One Piece fans, so I read the scans, I read it on the site, and it's like I can read it, but like when you have it in your hand and you turn the pages, it's just something about that hit different. I don't I don't know if I'm the only one. It's kind of like watching anime on the big screen because once I did that versus my laptop, like I can't go back to my laptop, which is some anime shows are getting neglected because of that. <laughs> but it just when you watch it on the big screen, you know, it hit different. You could read the subtitles clear. Shit's just nice. Uh, but I'm going to read it. I'm definitely going to check it out. Uh, I definitely think you sold me on that one. Uh, now, with One Piece, are you caught up to the manga or... Oh, 100%. Okay. So 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 what's your thoughts on Wano Country so far? No, it's um yeah, I I post I think I post this meme every week and to kill Sage does the same thing every oh, time. Right. It's, it's like one piece was crazy picture, good. It's this picture and it's just one piece was crazy good this week and that <laughs> I feel like you know, a picture says a thousand words um, with no spoilers. You know, One Piece is crazy good this week, man. Like there was a break last week. That's the saddest thing for a One Piece fan when there's break break next week. But at the same time, Oda needs to take his breaks. I think Wano was one of the best arcs that One Piece has had since Water 7. It's going to be it's just developing to be even better. Um, but yeah, I love One Piece. It's it's fantastic. Uh, One Piece is really good this week. My that's, only that's all, that's my only concerns with Wano right now is I because you know i feel like i love what the anime has been doing i don't know if you've been paying attention to the anime where they kind of oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. filler <laughs> but they make it so good and it's like actual fights and you see the full-fledged fights come out and it's just making the anime 10 times better but my only concern is like there's fights that we're kind of skipping and i kind of want to see those and then it's like oda still i 
he's in his bag so i appreciate gota for this but i'm kind of concerned because i'm like yo like you over here like oh yeah don't worry about that i'm, I'm gonna tease y'all now and then we're gonna bring it up later and i'm like bro, bro we already like 11 000, like a thousand chapters in oda like when we gonna come back to this like, i'm, I'm trusting i'm trusting the mastermind i'm not I'm, never never doubt never doubt gota i mean you're he's, right he's you, you spend I, like, if you're worrying then then guess what oda's done his job because oda now you want to see that fight that's and oda true. knows you want to oda knows you want to see that fight that's true and I, guess what if the anime is currently like diving in and giving you more fleshing out okay cool then you're going to be able to see it in a facet because they got to pad it out uh you're going to get to see those fights um but also like everybody going to battle everybody i don't want to spoil anything but like one character is about to battle another character in this matchup and i'm like damn this is going to be sick um and like maybe they fight maybe they don't but i don't know oda like i'm on the ride i'm on i'm on his wild ride i've been reading weekly for the last like seven years so I'm still I'm still on the train and there's no stopping. Oh wow, you uh you got caught cuz like I binge one piece but then I would always take like a break I guess. And then when I fully fledged like I started I think 903. I think that was 903 was when Luffy got his new bounty. Like the million the billion dollar bounty. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. I, that's when I got into. I was like, "All right, we here now." And then it was going into Wano and all the stuff and then oh my god. Uh who's your favorite character? Oh, it's gotta be it's gotta be Luffy. Luffy's my favorite. Okay. He's gonna be King of the Pirates. I, I can't believe I'm watching this man just become King of the Pirates. It's crazy. Um <laughs> I, think he's, I definitely think he's one of the most underrated GOAT MCs there is. I feel like he doesn't I, get his it's flowers. Just so simple. It's just so simple. It's like he's just gonna be King of the Pirates. We're just on his wild ride. Like it's gonna happen. I'm sorry. I don't make the rules. He he said it, it's gonna happen. Um but yeah, it, it would it be Luffy or uh, my my second favorite character would have to be uh, Zoro. We in the same boat there. Oh no, Frankie, 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 oh, Frankie. You like Frankie? Frankie. Okay, Frankie. Oh yeah, dude, Frankie. Frankie. Frankie is right. I I love Frankie. He just wants to. He just wants to make machines and and a sick boat. Like that's I love it. his fight between Senior Pink. I didn't even think Senior Pink. Oh, was that's such good. a sick fight, bro. Senior <laughs> Pink. Oh, dude, he suplexed the fuck out of him. He right. just says. Yo, <laughs> I did not think Senior Pink was gonna get backstory that almost made me tear up. I'm like, damn, bro, this thing. Yeah, you got cooked. You got yeah. cooked. You were like, man, I can't believe. Like, that's it. Oda's a master storyteller. Just like this character that you thought was gonna be ridiculous, and you're like, I'm not gonna have a connection to them. And then you're crying about them. You're like, wow, I can't believe it. And I'm like, bro, his wife don't even recognize until he started dressing like a baby. I'm like, all right, Oda, you you pretty good, bro. You out here being creative as hell. And then Doflamingo's a great character too. Oh, Doflamingo, yes. Bro, I like Law, Doflamingo. Can't go wrong with Mihawk and Shanks. I can't wait till I see them doing something. Like, that's going to be so crazy. Like, you can, you can almost tell the things that Twitter would go nuts for. And I'm just like, I can't wait. I, I can't wait. Is there any other uh, animes or mangas that you're, like, reading or watching or anything right now? Um, There was... I, I read solo leveling, which is uh, a manhwa, and uh, very good. If you want to, that's pretty good. Solo leveling, solo leveling is fire. Um, so I've been reading that. Uh, I also read My Hero, which is getting really good. My Hero is getting really good, uh, reading wise. Uh, like a very, very fast pace, though, which is um, something I'm like, wow, there's a lot of development that's going on. But it's getting um, the the author for that is very. He's he's a Westaboo. He just loves Western culture and like comics and things like that. So. I'm getting very much like Spider-Man-esque vibes from My Hero Academia right now. 
um, and like many other like Marvel and DC inspirations. I'm not uh, caught loved, up currently. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say I, anything I, else. I, but I, it's I, like I, it's I do good. know Deku's look and like Dude, what he's doing. Deku, it's Deku is Deku is it, it is good. It's good right now. <laughs> it right? Is good. Oh man, it's oh, it's so good. Um, so I've been reading that, and then other than that, the only thing I've really been I think watching. Oh, Megalobox Nomad. If you want to watch some good shit, like watch Megalobox and then watch Nomad. Bro, there's only one episode left, and I am not ready. Like, it's a story that's so good, and it makes you feel and want to root for both sides. And now I'm gonna be hurt because I know that both both sides can't win. Um, it's just is it like Megalo boxing the guy uh, with like mechanical arms for like a so, so it's not even so Megalo box is pretty much uh in in this in this uh in this setting they're in um. There's megalo boxing, and uh, it's where you have these things. They're called gears, and uh, I know guilty gear. No, um, <laughs> you wear a gear. Um, funny, funny uh, comparison. But no, you wear a gear, and it's like this augmented uh, like piece of machinery that you can put on your arms um, that enhances your punches. It can make you like faster. It can make you give you more strength. It can you can use use it for like defense and things like that. And um, it's how you box, right? So people re- start relying on these gears while they're boxing and they're fighting and everything, and it's super cool. And and the main character, uh, his name's Joe. Uh, he doesn't really have a name, but he goes by Joe. Uh, he enters the ring, and his whole gimmick is he's an underground fighter at first, and he's got this talent, and he's fighting with a gear, but he has to throw these matches in order to... Um, like support himself and he doesn't like to throw matches because he's clearly like better than these these nobodies um and he gets in the fight with a champ and he gets fucking destroyed like the guy says oh, i'm gonna fight you with one hand and he makes him use both hands but then he gets bodied right mm-hmm. um and he's using a gear at this time and uh then he's like fight back come to me and he's like if you're gonna fight me you have to come to my ring so he has no id no nothing um and he has to earn the right to challenge yuri so it's his journey of like slowly climbing up the ranks and the thing that's his gimmick the way he's able to actually get recognition because nobody wants to fight somebody who's at the lowest level uh unless there's stakes or else there's something like maybe they play a special character or something like that if i'm relating it to the fgc so everybody's fighting with gears right in megalo boxing they have this special um equipment that's helping them fight he fights gearless Oh wow! So they're all augmented. They have like like you get hit once by this guy, you're you're fucking knocked out, right? So he's fighting with no gear. He's just doing like real boxing, That's... and he just starts whooping everybody's ass. And then he gets to he gets to the end, and he fights Yuri. And I'm not gonna spoil what happens with the fight, um, but like he climbs to the top fighting gearless, and it's really cool. And you get to see his journey. And then the second part, oh man, it's a wild ride. Um, yeah, watch Megalobox. Watch, watch Megalobox. Watch Megalobox Nomad. The last episode is coming out next week. It is on Funimation. You can watch it there. Um, oh, say less. I got a Funimation account. Yeah, it's very good. Um, also, the first season is on Netflix. So if you have Netflix and Funimation, you go bing, bang, bong, and you're done. Uh, it gets released every Sunday, so you can catch up. It's so good. If It's also based off of Ashita no Joe, uh, which I think just had its 50th anniversary, which is an old boxing anime, um, which is really good, really good. Very sad story. So it's an adaptation of that, but it has a different like track. Um, but yeah, that's, the, that's what I'm watching right now. That's what I'm reading. 
I'm gonna have to check those out because I don't. I definitely like. I've been getting into boxing, even though it's it's probably toxic with like those TikTokers and YouTubers. I've been watching that. Like I've been oh, a fan, fan of Jake Paul and stuff like that. I've been getting into it's it's terrible, but it's been getting me into boxing. So the fact that I've been watching a lot of boxing lately, uh, I definitely want to check out a boxing anime. And then your description of it sounds pretty fucking fire. I'm not gonna lie. So the last question I have, and I know you gotta get out of here because of Wednesday night fights, but uh, what's next for Jake Ryan? Um, pretty much for me is I'm going to see what it looks like to start organizing locals again. I don't know when WNF is going to be coming back uh, as it is uh, ran by Level Up Live and I'm a tournament operator there. So we're going to be looking at what that looks like for California. So uh, stay tuned. No idea when it's going to come back, but I hope in the future that it will. Um, I will be applying to commentate more events uh, myself. So if you want to see more of me, you can follow me on Twitter at twitter, uh, twitter.com slash base Jake Ryan. Uh, you can hear that in the beginning of the podcast as well uh i run my tournament every friday at my twitch.tv slash jake ryan you know for dragon ball fighters so if you want to see more dragon ball fighters action where i have multiple different commentators on every uh week including myself i will be hosting there and yeah i'm just uh gonna keep on keeping on doing my best to provide content for everybody for the games that i love while competing and uh running tournaments wow i didn't even have to go in this transition to the closest statement that's how you know he's a good ass commentator um yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that's Jake Ryan. Uh, I will be sure to leave his Twitch link down below, leave his uh, Twitter link and all that good stuff. So hopefully you guys follow him. Uh, Jake, you've been great. I appreciate you as a guest. Uh, we definitely got to get set in and get to gear sometime. I don't know when. I'll be busy, but hopefully sometime in the near future we get set in. Uh, and uh, yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed this podcast. If you did, be sure to rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts and, and like subscribe on uh Spotify. I don't know why I couldn't think of the name, but I uh, love you guys. Till next time. Bye.